0: Welcome to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast, where we support your quest for a happier, healthier, planet friendly life that supports you, your family, and community. This show is produced by Go Green Locally, a nonprofit resource supporting eco conscious choices at the local level. GoGreenLocally.org is where you can connect to the Northern Nevada Online Green Hub to find or share with six different directories for local events, projects, groups, nonprofits, businesses, online resources, or promotions. Visit the Hub today to sign up for email subscriptions, where monthly we send you the list of local events and any local green promotions that have been shared in the directory. Events, whether they are virtual or in-person, are a great way to support your greener lifestyle and ways to make our communities more sustainable and eco-friendly. So today I'm speaking with Tessa D. Miller, who is a treasure hunter and upcycling enthusiast. And she is the shop owner of The Nest, a vintage furniture decor and clothing shop. So welcome to the show, Tessa.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: So, please tell me a little bit about yourself and what prompted you to open a shop um, originally.
1: The nest has been in business for over eleven years now, um, but I've been doing this for almost sixteen. So. Um, it's kind of an odd story. It's a little backwards from what most people think. Um, I graduated from college, had a degree that, uh, felt very useless at the time. And, uh, and so I came back home, didn't know what I was going to do. And, uh, my dad was like, Hey, you should look into owning your own business. And I was 21 years old. I had just graduated from college. I did not have a business degree. So I kind of thought that he was crazy, <laughs> but I thought hey you know I'll I'll take a look at what he has to to say here and you know if nothing else then you know I'll get to spend some time with my dad and whatever so um and this is how long ago it was uh we circled uh businesses for sale in the big nickel and (laughs) went to uh the first one we went to was a used furniture store out in Sparks and I was talking to the lady and she was like, look, I grew up in Mexico and I've got a sixth grade education and I can run this store just fine. And I was like, huh, okay. Like, you know, I thought all of this was going to be way over my head. Um, But that kind of gave me some confidence and it was interesting how it worked. I'm not typically a risk taker or anything, but I don't know, the next thing I knew I'd put my life savings, which at 21 obviously was not very much, (laughs) um, down on this store. And two weeks later, I owned it. And I had no idea what I was doing.
0: So did you like have an art or design background as well?
1: Nope, nope. Um, I'd I'd always loved art and design. um, But no formal training, nothing like that. So um, I found out years later that um that my grandparents, who you know, who all died before I was born, um but they really enjoyed um, yard sales and treasure hunting. but that was not I did not find that out until after I had already purchased the business and had been um, running it for a while. So I thought that was kind of an interesting little connection,
0: yeah. Wow. Well, so tell us about The Nest and some of the things that um, that it offers.
1: Yeah. So The Nest is a vintage furniture, clothing, and decor store. Um, I don't really like to be limited, so I kind of carry whatever, whatever piques my interest. Um, so I have stuff from all different eras, decades, all the way from antiques from the 1800s to stuff from the 90s which I can't believe is vintage now because that would make me vintage. <laughs> I don't feel that old. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very eclectic. I try to get only really high quality items in good condition. I I, I feel like what I try to do is is kind of treasure hunt for other people that don't have the time or the inclination to go scouring through thrift stores and yard sales and all of that. It is very fun and I like it, but it's time consuming and it's, it can be dirty. And, you know, if you're looking for something specific um, it can be really hard to find. So you might spend, you know, eight hours looking for, you know, this one specific item and not find it. And even if you did, if you factored in the time that it took you to find it, you're maybe not actually even getting as good of a deal as you thought. So um, I kind of do the scouring for people so that they can um, come into one place where everything has already been um, curated and cleaned and all of that. So they're still getting those great um, high quality vintage items but without having to do all the work.
0: Nice. Yeah. So can you offer some advice to people that maybe might be new to vintage um, shopping?
1: Yeah I, I think it, it's really good to kind of go in with an open mind. Vintage shopping is definitely like treasure hunting. So, if you're looking for something very very specific, that's going to be hard to find. So, I always tell people like to kind of keep keep an open mind as far as thinking outside of the box, you know. Say you're looking for a TV stand. Well, TV stands aren't really like an older piece of furniture because TVs haven't been around. I mean, they've been around a while, but you know, they have evolved from like you know those big heavy boxes to the flat screens and all of that stuff so you might be looking for a tv stand um for a modern tv but they didn't have vintage items like that back in the day so you could you could get a vintage credenza or dresser and kind of turn it into what you're looking for so i think that's really important um in vintage shopping um, there's other like little things that are really useful to know as far as like how do you know if a piece of furniture is high quality or solid wood or anything like that and um, you can do a lot of like research online to figure that stuff out I actually teach a thrift store shopping class through TMCC. I'd have to check on the date on that, but um, I do one every semester where I kind of give people tips on how to locate um, high quality items when they're out searching through, you know, what might be a whole lot of junk.
0: Nice. So do you offer help for people that, so if they're like looking for something specific, they might talk to you and you could keep your eye out
1: for it? Absolutely. I have a whole clipboard Um, labeled my wish list of people that are looking for specific things and they can write down what they're looking for. And uh, if I find it, then I can give them a call. Nice. Yeah.
0: So tell us about your upholstery services that you offer.
1: Upholstery is something that I am really passionate about because of the upcycling aspect of it. We don't make furniture like we used to you know, back in the day, they, they really took time and pride in making high quality items that they could, you know, pass down generations and, and used good materials and made sturdy things. And we don't do that anymore. So, um, I mean, even if you, if you wanted like a good high quality piece, like you can pay exorbitant amounts of money and still get stuff that's made out of plywood and press board and stuff. So um, why I'm really passionate about uh, the reupholstering services that we do is that, you know, fabric does wear out. And sometimes, you know, people have the heebie-jeebies about, you know, other people's stuff. But this is kind of the best of both worlds in that you can find a really high quality, sturdy piece, say a couch that has really good bones made out of solid wood. um, And then we strip that all down, use all new foam and fabric. And uh, you can make a custom piece, something that no one else is going to have. It's going to be sturdier than anything else that you can buy. And you're keeping something out of a landfill. So I just feel like it's a win-win all around. Excellent.
0: So do you also have like fabrics that people can pick from and that kind of thing?
1: I do have a selection of fabric that people can choose from, but the beauty of the upholsterer that I use, well, first of all, he's been doing it for 25 years, so he's really good, but he doesn't make you choose fabric from his repertoire, which there are a lot of uh, upholsterers that do that. Because they are able to mark up the fabric. And so that is one of the ways upholstery can get really, really expensive. And so he lets you choose your own fabric. So you can choose from my fabrics, you can go to Mill End, you can, you know, source your fabric for, from wherever you want.
0: So, do you have any suggestions for types of fabrics that maybe hold up longer than others or things like that that maybe people don't necessarily think about? when they're looking for fabrics?
1: You know, uh, my number one piece of advice when you're looking for fabrics is to not get it online. <laughs> fabric is one of those things that like, you just, you don't want to buy online because you need to be able to touch it and feel it and see how soft it is, see how thick it is, see the, the weight and the quality. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, you should use one certain fabric over another, but um, you know, the thicker that you can get, and you can tell by, like, feeling it if it's high quality or if it looks like something that will rip easily or, you know, take into account if you have kids and dogs or cats or whatever. So so it, it is very tailored to uh, whatever whatever the project is. Okay.
0: Yeah. So um, I also heard that you're starting to sell um zero waste uh, reusable items from originally from BlackRock Refill.
1: Yes. Yeah. So obviously I'm very passionate about the environment and saving things from landfills and reusing, recycling, reducing all that good stuff. And, you know, that's a, a very big part of what I do, but I kind of wanted to take it even a step further So I was looking into getting, actually, I went to the store in Denver that was like a, like a refill station where you could take in your, all of your like empty bottles and refill them with detergents and soaps and stuff like that. So I came back and I was like, we need one of those here. But I realized that there was a lot of greenwashing going on. And in the research that I was doing, it was hard to figure out which companies were actually doing, using the best sustainable practices and which ones weren't but it was very hard to tell the difference. So a friend suggested that I reach out to Blackrock refill and Sammy over there, who I adore. Mm-hmm. She just is a wealth of knowledge and she she kind of knows which companies greenwash and which ones are best and You know, there were things that I just didn't know. Like I thought that refill station was a great idea, but she was like, well, you know, those liquid detergents, those come in big five gallon buckets that are really heavy to ship and those buckets aren't recyclable. So those are not actually that great of a sustainable option. So um, we do things that don't have water added to them. So they're more condensed and and the packaging is less. So we'll get bulk stuff and then um, package it in little paper bags, which is obviously better than the plastic and stuff. So I'm really excited about starting to carry all of these products.
0: Great. Do you plan to like add any other zero waste items?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I realize that it is kind of a stretch for people in the beginning, because you know, you're used to your shampoo being a certain way. And then, you know, a bar shampoo is a little bit different. And so it takes a little bit of getting used to. So I do want to focus a lot on the education of like, it's really not that big of a deal to switch mm-hmm. over once you kind of figure out what your what the benefits are are. But that being said, I would love to add new products. In fact, I just added one called Alt Linen, which is their dish towels. So I don't know about you, but I, I love having those like nice white dish towels, right? Yeah. Uh, but my husband, on the other hand, is like, oh, dish towel, I'm gonna wipe up anything that I can and make these look dingy and (laughs) within a week and it just drives me insane because you know like once they don't look good anymore yeah i you know like i don't want to i don't want to be wasteful but i don't like having something that looks awful either so this company alt linen what they do is you buy six towels and once they get dirty, can send them back and then they clean them up and then they recycle them to uh, commercial kitchens. So like all you have to do is pay for the shipping and then that the price for so it's it's $40 for six towels, but it comes with lifetime replacements. Wow.
0: Yeah. So I understand that you also sell clothing. Like on the topic of sustainable clothing choices, what um, makes um, some vintage clothing maybe a better choice over some other types of options?
1: Oh, you know what? I should have had my stats ready for this. Um, I feel like they're always changing depending on what your source is. But um, the amount of water and labor and all of that that goes into making one item of clothing is kind of mind-boggling. Like if if everyone knew that, I think they would be a little bit more hesitant to buy as much fast fashion cheap stuff um as they do. But yeah, I was reading somewhere that, you know, if you if every person bought one already pre-existing used item instead of a new one within the span of a year, then it would be the same as taking like, I think $200,000, 200, I think two, Oh my goodness. 200,000 cars off the road. Like it was uh, like, I had to like go back and check it. Cause I was like, that can't be right. Like we can make that much of a difference from just this one small little change. Um, Yeah. And, and that's just the sustainability portion of it. Like you're not even talking about labor laws and, you know, fair trade and all of that stuff. So you add that on and it just, it makes so much more sense to buy secondhand clothing. And personally, I love it because I've, I have bought new things. Well, I haven't bought many new things since I started this business, but when I did, I would be all excited. I would buy say a new pair of jeans and I would try them on and they fit me. And then I would put them in the wash and then they would shrink. And then I couldn't wear them. And I also couldn't return them because I had washed them. And so it was just money down the drain. So one of the perks of secondhand clothing is that like, you know, it's been used, it's been worn. So like it's, it's shrunk down to the size it's going to be um, you can get a better idea of the quality cause you know, if it was going to fall apart, it probably would have done so already, you know, by the time someone's getting rid of it. I just, I just think there's a lot of perks to it. And especially with vintage clothing, you're, you're getting things that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else either. So You know, you can walk down the road and be like, oh, like, I have that same top. Yeah, we both got it at Target. Everyone and their mother has it. Or you can get something that is unique that no one else is going to have. Nice. Yeah.
0: So um, how can people find your store online as well um, as how can they find your physical store?
1: Awesome. Um, The website is www.thenestreno.com. And I am located at 201 Keystone Avenue for you Reno people that is on the corner of Keystone in 2nd, um, just west of downtown. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is kind of where I spend most of my time, but that's at The Nest Reno. And that's a good place to go to see what what is coming in that's new and hear stories about where things come from, the history All that good stuff nice nice
0: yeah well thank you so much for taking the time to share your work and your shop with us i appreciate it
1: yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it
0: Okay, and before we wrap up today, I wanted to cover some of the events that have been shared on the uh, Northern Nevada Green Online event page. Uh, So we have Riverside Farmers Market, a weekly event, Saturday mornings. We have Gardening in Nevada, the Bartley Ranch series, also a weekly event. And then one-time events that are coming up, let's see, in February 17th, Native Plant and Pollinator Gardening Workshop and Plant Giveaway. We have the Food Safety Quick Start for Small Fruit and Vegetable Growers webinar, along with a small fruit and vegetable producer webinar on February 18th, Catch the Buzz on Mason Bees presentation on February 20th, uh, February 27th Starting Veggies class, uh, March 6th Winter Pruning presentation, and March 11th Gaia's Garden Book Club third chapter discussion, and April 17th 11th Annual Loping Coyote Farm Plant Sale. Thank you for listening to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast. Please take good care of you and yours. Stay well and help us all make this a kinder, healthier, and greener community for all.